Welcome to the Dear Job Seeker podcast, a podcast designed to invoke honest thoughts and real conversations. We dive deep into the intricacies of women's career empowerment, sharing lessons learned along the way. Join us for authentic insights and candid conversations as we navigate the paths of career growth and development together. Dear Job Seeker, ever wondered if the planets could offer insights into your ideal career path? What if the position of the stars at your exact time of birth held the key to unlocking your true professional potential? In this episode, we're talking to astrologer Destiny, who helps us understand how the position of the stars during our time of birth could be what we need to shed more light on the intersection of astrology in our career. So grab your metaphorical telescope, dear job seeker, and let's navigate the cosmic constellations of our career aspirations. Hey, Destiny. Hi, Jillian. All right. So let's start at the beginning, because I know that there are a lot of there's a lot of mystery and speculation around astrological charts. And I'll go ahead and say apprehension. So I want to start with baby steps. Can we explain to the job seekers what is a natal chart? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of people are nervous coming into astrology and I can understand why you know a lot of fear over predicting what your life is and that's not what astrology is at all but just to get started a birth chart is an actual map of the sky at the exact minute you were born so it's a map of time and space it's showing where all of the planets were in the zodiac signs most people are familiar with their, their sign, which is where the sun was, but all of the planets were placed in signs when you were born and the birth chart's gonna show us that whole picture. Okay, so the birth chart doesn't determine our choices that we make, but it can really inform us of what kinds of activities and characteristics that we need to develop in order to feel the most fulfilled. So you can see how that can really guide our life path and our career choices, because if we lean into our chart and learn about it, we can find out, you know, what kinds of career activities and what we need in a working environment to make us feel the most fulfilled, because work is a lot of the time, you know, work is a huge part of our life. So we really want to feel fulfilled in that area. And I actually, one of my favorite quotes, there's this great astrologer, um, Dane Brudyar, He has passed now, but he influenced a lot of the astrologers that I have studied now in my time. And he says the chart is a map of our greatest potential. So we all want to feel like we are reaching the highest heights of what we can achieve. And so, yeah, that's really how the birth chart can help us, you know, on our life path and with our career choices. I love that. And you also pointed to something earlier that I found super interesting And a lot of my friends, we laugh about it, but um, many people believe that your birth chart stops at your sun sign. So can you talk about some of the key elements of our natal chart and how they influence our personalities? Yes. Okay. So this is where astrology gets so much more complex than people realize. And I understand how it needs to be dialed down in order to be fed to the masses, right? It's not like everyone knows their birth time. And when you look in a newspaper, 
you know, not everyone's going to know. So knowing where the sun was is super easy. It stays in one spot for 30 days. But a lot of the other parts of the chart become more specific. And as I mentioned earlier, all of the planets are in signs. So you have a Venus sign, you have a Jupiter sign, a Mercury, a Mars, and you even have points, um, specific cosmic angles that are really important um, with our life direction. And those are not planets, but actual mathematical points. So one of those is known as the rising sign. The zodiac sign that was ascending above the horizon at the exact moment that we were born. Then you have your sun sign, which is what everyone knows as as their sign. And you have the moon sign, which is really specific. It, the moon changes every two and a half days. So somebody who is a Virgo, two people who are Virgos can um, be born on the same exact day and have the moon and two totally different signs. And of those two Virgos, there is 12 possibilities for the rising sign in a single day. So it is really specific and it's so much, it's probably the most complex personality and, you know, psychological tool that there is, but you know, that's my opinion. I am an astrologer, so I love it. No, I I actually agree with you. I saw recently on Twitter, actually um, remind me to go back to the rising sign question, but I did see recently on Twitter where someone stated a job description asked for their natal chart. And she was like, oh am gosh. I going to be discriminated against based on my natal position? And I was like, that is hilarious. But, you know, I'm interested to see, is that going to become a growing phenomenon versus some of the career assessment tests and tools that are out there? How can your personality really, how can we really dig in? Even though I feel like giving someone your natal information is like giving them access to how to talk to you, how to communicate. I mean, you are giving them, if they know how to read your chart, they definitely know how to approach you. Some of the things that you've dealt with in life, I mean, so on and so forth. But you mentioned the sun sign stays, the sun stays in one sign for 30 days, I believe you said. And then the Mm -hmm. moon sign two and a half days. You mentioned that the rising sign has 12 different zodiacs that it can it can possibly be in in one day. Can you talk about how often the rising sign changes? Does that have a numerical value associated with it? Yes. So it actually changes approximately every 15 minutes. So you basically, if you're picturing the chart, if you know what it looks like, it's a wheel of all of the signs around it. And as the earth is tilting, that first sign on the uh, on the very left of the chart, so it's actually backwards from a traditional map, the eastern horizon of the chart is um, on the left if you're facing the piece of paper, which is your chart. And you can imagine that that's ticking like a clock and every 15 minutes it's shifting. I love that. And that is great information. And so we understood how the natal chart can really influence your personality and really how two people who can have the same sun sign can have completely different moon and risings. Can we talk about some of the key elements of the natal chart and how they correlate to your career in some of the ways that you make money? Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, the whole chart is really going to play a role in what is going to fill you up with your career. But um, the most common things that are mentioned for career and work astrology are the specific houses. So 
hopefully a lot of the listeners, you know, know what a house is, but just really quickly, I'll say that, you know, again, this map is interacting with time and space, all of the planets are arising and setting every day. And so um, based on your positioning, where you are born, and the quadrants of the sky, these houses are being influenced and their areas of life, whereas the planets are like verbs, they are doers in our charts. So, you know, you'll hear this common analogy where the planets are the actors of our life, like we're playing out a movie. And the houses are where our, our planets tend to to do their job. So, you know, you've got Mars, which is the way that we go for things and take action. And someone may be more prone to take action in family life versus work life versus, you know, friend life. Um, just those different areas of life experience where these different parts of ourselves really come alive. And so the houses that affect career and work the most are known as the second, sixth, and 10th house. And I will also just say, you know, your sun sign, of course, is super important because the sun sign characteristics, the traits of your sun sign, really developing those makes you feel like a sane human being. It makes you feel good to develop the traits of your sun sign. And your rising sign is the way that you're interacting with the world. And you can really use this to your advantage when you're looking for a new job. You know, if you lean to the traits of your rising sign, it's just the way that you're natural and comfortable interacting. And it's really going to come off when you first make an impression with someone. That first interview, that first time meeting your new coworkers, you know, meeting your clients, all of those kinds of things, the rising sign is really going to come alive. And if you can play up and really lean into the most positive traits of that rising sign, of course, that's going to help you. And if you can be aware of some of those shadow tendencies, some of those, you know, less positive characteristics of your rising sign, just being really conscious of those, you will notice you're more aware as it starts to come up inside of you. And maybe you can, you know, mitigate that a little bit. And so, that 10th house of the chart, you know, if you're picturing this map, picture like a piece of pie. And it's, you know what, let's do a clock. So we're picturing a clock on the wall. And, you know, 12 o'clock is when you were born. That was the area of the sky that was the highest point in the sky. So the ancients really felt like this is what you were rising up to become. This is your highest potential is that 10th house. So the zodiac sign on that 10th house is really going to show, you know, the qualities that you admire and respect in regards to career. It's going to show, you know, what you would like to have recognition for after you're gone. And it's just going to, it's really going to show what you aspire to be as far as your greatest accomplishments. And, you know, it's like the crown of your chart. Can then you have the, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, you, you interrupt. (laughs) (laughs) Can we give the job seekers an example? I don't want to be selfish. You know, we can throw out anyone, but you know, if you want to talk about Aquarius in the 10th house, let's, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but let's talk about, go ahead. Let's, let's do Aquarius on the 10th house. I love this. So Aquarius is really associated with groups and, and the common person and equality. Like Aquarius is really this zodiac sign that wants to even the playing field and wants to be involved in the community and um, group associations. So having Aquarius on the 10th house would really be that, you know, we are aspiring to help our community and, and we're aspiring to, to leave behind 
You know, our greatest accomplishment is that we have left the world in what we believe is a better place, right? Because everyone has a different opinion of that, but that is Aquarius's motivation. I love that. I love that. Okay. And so we were going into, I believe you had the second house. So let's talk a little bit about the way you can make, you know, some of your money through that, that second house. What is it all about? Attention job seekers. Are you ready to turn your career aspirations into a reality? Introducing the six figure career blueprint by the six figure career club. Embark on a game-changing seven-week journey with us that will redefine your career. Why go at it alone when you can join a supportive community dedicated to your success? Whether you're switching industries or just seeking a fresh start, our expert coaches will be with you every step of the way. Say goodbye to uncertainty and hello to a career that truly fulfills you. Are you ready to craft your career success story? Visit www.sixfigurecareerclub.com forward slash coaching to enroll in the Six Figure Career Blueprint. Your dream career is just one click away. Seize the opportunity because your future deserves nothing less than extraordinary. Yes, cash flow. Show me the money, honey, right? Like everyone wants to know about the second house when they start to learn about astrology. And this is, you know, this can show a lot of things about money. If you lean into the zodiac sign on your second house, it really can help you earn more. But it can also show some, you know, the chart's very psychological and it can show some conditioning and beliefs that we have around money as well, which is then going to influence our money habits and our tendencies. But um, the zodiac sign on the second house, the characteristics and traits of that sign is going to show, you know, um, what we like to spend our money on, how we like to save. Yeah, that's pretty much the second house. You know, possessions goes into it, too. I know we're really focusing on money and career, but, you know, the things that you own, you could be considered for a lot of people valuable and like money, even though it's not actually going to buy them anything. So that goes into the second house as well. I love that. And do you mind throwing out an example of a zodiac sign in that second house and how it would interact with money? Yes. So if you're thinking Aries on the second house, I went with the first sign. So the archetypes of Aries are the warrior, the pioneer, the risk taker. So Their approach to money might be they're very courageous, very confident. When you're talking about saving and investing, they're going to be more bold about it. They're going to be more willing to take risks than other zodiac signs are because they have this inner confidence in the area of money, right? So this isn't your sun sign or your, your rising sign, but in that second house where we're talking about money. They're going to maybe want to follow a path that others haven't taken. They have the the courage to not go the road most traveled. And so they're going to be willing to just be enthusiastic. This could also lead to, you know, impulsivity. So maybe some impulse spending, but they just have this faith in themselves. I love that. And anywhere where Aries is in your chart means that that is where you're supposed to trailblaze. So that that's really great insight. So I think the last house that we really want to focus on when it comes to career, you mentioned earlier, was your sixth house. So how can your sixth house play a role in your career? Yes, absolutely. So the sixth house, um, this is going to be 
our daily routines and our daily life. So obviously we have to go to work for a lot of our the hours of our day. So the characteristics and traits of the sign that you find on the sixth house can show, you know, the working environment that really fills you up the most. What makes you feel the most comfortable as far as your day-to-day work life? And so like another example of this would be like Sagittarius is a very independent fire sign. And so having Sagittarius on the sixth house might mean that we really want freedom to move as we please, as we choose within our day-to-day work life. So if you're working with someone with Sagittarius on the sixth house and you're working on a team, you know, that's okay. They probably prefer to work on their own, or if they're on a team, then they're going to prefer that when the task is delegated, okay, that's their task. They've got the independence to do it now. They don't have to go, you know, check in with someone else and, you know, what do you think about this? And now I have to go talk to this person. What do you think about that? You know, no, I want to just be able to to do the goal, to do the thing, and I want the independence to, to move how I please. I love that. And I know that that was a lot of information for job seekers to chew on. So I think that if you want to know how those houses really affect or correlate to your career, I think that you should go back, rewind and listen to that again and make sure that if you have any questions, you guys are writing them down and preparing them for destiny because she is on a roll here. Okay, so we can totally, you know, I can come back and do all of the signs and all of the houses. I would love to do that. And I just wanted to say about the, you know, asking for the natal chart for a job. That's really interesting because I think from the perspective of someone who would use that information well would be actually there's astrologers who are going to businesses and working with teams and, you know, saying, for example, hey, this is Mercury and Mercury is the way we communicate with each other and the way we best learn. So if we all know and understand a little bit about how the way that we communicate differently, then we're going to work better as a team. You know, Mercury and Cancer communicate so differently than Mercury and Aries. So how can these two people, you know, understand that and maybe not get under each other's skin as much, maybe not take things so personally and just know that we're all learning things in a different way? Sorry to interrupt you, Jill, but I wanted to go back to that. Oh, no, I think that's a great point, because especially with the whole return to work initiative, you're starting to see a lot more uh, workplaces really ask for a on-site or hybrid model. Right. And with people coming back into work, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are irritated. A lot of job seekers out there don't want to deal with the traffic. We talk about it all the time. We talk about all the things. (laughs) right? Time wasted. They feel that they are able to complete more tasks in a shorter amount of time while working at home. And so being able to not only motivate the team, but understand how to communicate through some of those challenges, I definitely think an astrologer could help. Um, Especially if you're a manager and, um, you know, and you have to do an eval, you know, mm -hmm. what's the the best way I'm going to communicate with this person? And how can I understand better, like their motivations, Um, We're all doing the same tasks, but maybe they're motivated a little differently. And you alluded to this earlier about, you know, communication, I understand, is, is a large piece. But can we talk about how people are perceived? Because I think that the, how you're perceived often drives how people perceive or accept your communication. So how can your rising sign affect how you're perceived at work? 
Yeah, so the rising sign really shows literally how we present physically and energetically. You know, think about it like, um, you know, the front door of a house or a gate to get into, you know, the yard or whatever it is. It's really that that first initial encounter. And so it is it is perception and how we're perceived. And it's also how a person feels comfortable interacting with the outside world. It's the qualities that that make them feel safe to, to come out and be in a new conversation with someone. So, you know, um, like a Capricorn rising, for example, is going to present a little bit more serious, a little bit more solemn. Um, they're going to present a very like put together, very, you know, approaching tasks at work. And in that initial, you know, business interview, maybe very structured and um, yeah, just a little bit more cautious and conservative in an initial meeting. But then you might get to know them and their sun sign might be something totally different. But that rising sign is really how we feel safe interacting and opening up in the outside world. And then you have a Gemini rising who's going to walk into an interview and be like, blah, 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 like just super chatty and just, oh, what do you think about this? I found this interesting. And oh, this job is really cool. You know, I have all of these ideas. What do you think about this? Let's talk. Let's exchange information and share ideas. And so maybe that can come off a little bit like too much for people sometimes or a different boss might love that and be like, wow, this person is great. They have so many ideas. And maybe the Capricorn rising doesn't make it past that first interview because they're not as, you know, that extroverted energy. And so, yeah, that's just all, there's 12 different rising signs, right? And and that's really the way that we're, we're comfortable. And it's also sometimes how we expect people to be. I've learned myself as an astrologer when I learned my rising sign I was kind of expecting people to meet me the way I meet them. And they have a different rising sign than me. So, of course, they're not meeting me in that way. That is very true. Um, and I think that I relate to that so much because so many people may have different risings, whereas my rising is the same as my sun sign. So it's kind of like what you see is what you get. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about some of the houses that we referenced earlier. I know that we went through some of the examples, but can we talk more specifically? Are there any indicators in your 10th house that might suggest what career path might be most aligned? Um, for example, we spoke earlier about the Aquarius really being community focused, but how can I take that information and really relate it to the type of career that may be best for me? Yeah, so um, the zodiac sign on the 10th house is definitely going to play a role. So, for example, with the group focus and the community focus, you know, you're going to want to seek out careers that offer those opportunities to you. But you have planets, and again, in these houses too. So, you could be Aquarius in the 10th house, but maybe you've got Mars there, you know, Mars is going to play a role too. And Mars is um, an energy that, that wants to take direct action all the time and just move forward very boldly, very courageously. So not only now are you going to want to have a group and community focus, but maybe you also want to be a leader. You know, you mentioned Aries earlier as the trailblazer and all of these zodiac signs are ruled by planets. So Having Mars in that 10th house is also going to um, like 
uh, increase that trailblazing energy of, of wanting to go my own way and do it. So planets are going to play a role. And, you know, all of these houses are interacting with different parts of the chart. I don't know how complex we want to be here, but your 10th house of Aquarius would then be ruled by Saturn or Uranus, depending on which astrology, you know, you're leaning towards. And so now I'm going to want to see where's Saturn and where's Uranus, and that's going to bring in another layer. So it starts to get really complex. I love that. And so in an effort to keep it really high level, because I think we have some really great information, let's move to the second house. Okay. You talked about how it influences your saving, your spending, your possessions. Can you give an example of how a sign in the second house may approach saving? Okay, yes. So let's talk. So we did mention Aries earlier. So, you know, Virgo, let's talk about Virgo on the second house. This is a sign that's known for being very um, pragmatic, extremely down to earth. So having Virgo on your second house might mean that you are really rational when it comes to saving. And, you know, maybe even you're the person that breaks out the spreadsheets. I don't want to typecast all the Virgos, but we're very detail oriented with Virgo and very analytical. So on that second house, we're going to be really critical, really measured when it comes to our saving and our spending. We're probably not going to believe in some kind of pipe dream, you know, get rich quick scheme when it comes to Virgo on the second house. So we're really going to approach things in a really down to earth kind of tried and true method. And um, yeah, that's Virgo. Let me talk about another sign. So then you can have Scorpio on the second house. That is a sign that can be very extreme, very intense, really prioritizes depth, Um, It's going to do a lot of research, be very investigative, and maybe even a little obsessive when it comes to saving. Um, We can have intense bursts of saving and spending because we're just, we're going super deep. So after we've done all of this research and all of this investigating, we're really calculated now and we're going to just go all in on whatever strategy it is that we're employing. Ooh. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's the scorpion. You're going to find, you know, scorpions under rocks and diving into crevices. You know, I think about, I don't know what it was, it a claw, that thing that it uses to really get down in there. I, this is such great information. And I think that we're really tugging on a lot of what job seekers care about most, right? And so many people who are listening to this podcast may be new. They may be job seekers who are looking for different methods. They're like, hey, I've taken the assessments. I've gone through the different methods. I want to I wanna see a, you know, a new way that maybe I can explore my personality. So for someone that's new to astrology, what are some of the steps that they can take to begin exploring their natal chart and gaining insights into their career path? Yes. Um, So I, you know, I would say pull up a chart on any astrology software. So first you have to have your birth time. Now, if you don't have your exact birth time, you can go with an estimated time. We're not going to be sure about these things like the houses and the rising sign, but maybe we can get some information from the planets. But 
if you've got your exact birth time, that's perfect. You know, astro.com is a really great, great website to pull up a chart. There's so many apps now. There's so many computer softwares. You're going to want to pull up your chart and just start to research, you know, start with your rising sign. I really find that's a good place to start because most people already know their sun sign and the rising sign just opens so many doorways into your personality and you'll be kind of shocked at what was missing from the sun sign. Unless you're like Jill and they're the same. And so she already was like, okay, I knew that I was extra. Let's see, your Aquarius 10th house. So what does that make your rising sign? I am a Taurus on Taurus. So start with the rising sign. Explore your ascendant um, ruler. So that's the planet that rules your rising sign. For Taurus, that's Venus. Um, and then learn about your midheaven. Those are, you know, if you're wanting to really use this for career, I think the ascendant and the midheaven are, are really big keys and pathways into our highest potential. Whereas our second house, you know, sometimes the way we make money isn't what we're aspiring to be. And sometimes our sixth house where we find our daily work routines, again, that's not like our dream career or our dream purpose, where that, whereas that 10th house, the crown is. I love that. And so what would you say? I know that, and I keep saying it, that the conversation was extremely extensive. And I, I think that we went very deep and we gave the job seekers a lot of information as far as where they can start. What are some key takeaways that maybe we didn't mention that you would like novice listeners to have regarding connection with their natal chart and their career choices? Yeah, I really, I want everyone to remember that this is a symbolic language of what was literally happening in the sky. Um, So symbolism is a, a way that we find meaning in our life. And that's what astrology can give us. And it's really the It's the culmination of different cycles. So it can really show us, you know, aligned times to take steps in our career and aligned times where maybe we're focusing on family. The natal chart is a rich source of the talents that you may not realize that you have. And it opens your mind up to possibilities and potentials that you may not have believed were possible otherwise. You know, I can just give a personal example that, I was starting to learn about astrology. I wasn't an expert yet. And I was, you know, seeing things of writing. Oh, you know, maybe maybe writing or that could be a possible career or something that you're interested in. And later that year, my older brother wanted to, he was like, hey, do you have interest in starting a blog? Because I want to learn how to host one. And then in that moment, I was kind of like, well my birth chart, you know, I was doing research. It says stuff about writing. I mean, I guess, and it's not something I would have done otherwise. Now I have a blog. I absolutely love writing. It's like another passion of mine. And I wouldn't have been open to that if I hadn't been exploring my astrology. It really opened my mind up into like something that was untapped. You know, um, we kind of doubt ourselves and we just don't think that we have talent or creativity. So I really think the birth chart can be great for that. Sometimes you have an inkling of a talent, but it's not, you haven't seen the evidence of it yet. And so when you kind of have that in your mind and in your heart, and then you also read that in your chart, you know, that can be very validating and affirming. You sit down with an astrologer and they don't even know you and they're like, hey, 
you know, do you paint or, you know, are you, what kind of creative things that you do? Because I see you have a lot of creativity here, or I see that you are very methodical and I see that you, you know, you, you have such leadership potential and you're going, oh, I've kind of always felt that, you know, maybe they're right. And then now your mind's open to possibilities. And, and when that opportunity presents itself, you open the door and you maybe wouldn't have before. And then finally, I will say that it can awaken us to our weaknesses and our shadows. So we can engage more consciously with those energies. You know, sometimes you're, it's easier to, to read something in a book or hear it from someone that doesn't know you than your personal close friends. When you're aware of those shadows and that, those weaknesses and you're studying them regularly, then when they come up in daily life, you're a little more aware of it. Like I mentioned earlier, you can mitigate it. And, you know, or maybe you can realize it really quickly afterwards, you know, save that necessary apology or whatever it is, but it can help you strengthen those weaknesses. So a lot of us are kind of stumbling along clumsily as we're trying to find like this fulfilling career. We've been told forever, find what you love and you will never hate going to work. But so many of us struggle to find what we love. And so I think the birth chart can illuminate things that, that fill us up, that fill our cup. I love that. And that was really long. (laughs) No, not at all. I don't feel like that was long at all. I feel like it was really great information. And I feel like, you know, it opens up people who weren't open to it before. And so last but not least, I definitely want the job seekers to be able to find you to ask additional questions and possibly get their natal chart read. Where can the people find you? Yes. So I'm at astrologywithdestiny.com. You can go to my services page to book a reading with me. Um, I do bi-monthly blog posts right now where I'm telling you, you know, I just did one on the autumn equinox. So kind of like keeping up a little bit with what's going on in the um, cosmos right now because you have your birth chart, but then you also have the planets are still moving, right? They didn't freeze when you were born, you know, as great as you think you are. They're still moving. So they're always interacting up there in the sky. And so you can kind of keep up with the planetary weather with my blog. And also I do give tidbits of, um, you know, different alignments in the charts. So if that's a more easy, digestible way for you to start learning, it's it's a lot at once. So just kind of getting that post a couple of times a month. Oh, you know, I just learned about my rising sign now. Or, you know, oh, Destiny's talking about the 10th house now. I can read that. So yeah, astrologywithdestiny.com. That's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, Destiny, thank you so much for joining Dear Job Seeker. And we definitely look forward to having you back. Yay. Thank you so much, Jillian. This was amazing. I can't wait to come back and talk about your money planet and all of the things that can affect your career. So thank you, dear job seekers, for joining Destiny and I on this cosmic journey today. I hope your exploration into the world of astrology has sparked some curiosity and contemplation. As we wrap up, I want to leave you with a challenge. Now that we've delved into the power of your birth chart, why not take a moment to explore your own cosmic blueprint? Consider this personal invitation to dive into the realms of your birth chart and unlock the secrets it holds into your career path. What strengths, challenges, and unique qualities await your discovery? There are numerous online resources and talented astrologers like Destiny who can assist you in interpreting your birth chart. 
Whether you're a seasoned astrologer or a cosmic beginner, the journey starts with you. Check out the show notes for this episode where we'll include Destiny's information and a curated list of online resources. Remember, your career is a journey of self-discovery and the stars just might have a telltale. <laughs> As you embark on this celestial adventure, remember your journey is a journey of self-discovery and the stars just might have a tale to tell. <laughs> As you embark on this celestial adventure, share your insights and reflections with us using the hashtag AstroCareerJourney. I'd love to hear about your cosmic res- revelations you uncover. Thank you again for tuning in. And until next time, your favorite corporate homegirl, Jill.